Welcome to the Tangent Podcast, the kickoff episode for Season 3. It's great to be back with you guys. It has been so long, so freaking long. It's been, I think, like, what was it, February last time we posted? Yeah. Is that right? So seven, eight months, about. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's fun. I I missed this. This is good stuff, for sure. And we know you guys missed it, too. I don't miss the problems with technology, though. Oh, my gosh. We've been sitting here for about an hour and a half trying to get this figured out. So, that's great. But <laughs> we, we got it figured out, and uh, it'll be better in the future, for sure. And welcome back to you, the listeners. We appreciate all of you. And, you know, we've had quite a few listens in the hiatus. Yeah, a surprising been, amount, actually. Yeah, that has been... Impressive, and we're grateful for it. So thank you for sticking around. Would you say it's doubled since? I think last time. Not doubled. quite doubled, but 30 percent. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the listeners. Um, also, if you hear panting, jumping, click clacking, <laughs> that's just Austin. My dog is going bananas <laughs> right now. So. So just ignore that for now. That that's just temporary, doggo. Till he. Hi, bud. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. What do we got on the agenda today? Well, first of all, we got this delicious, delicious beverage, which I don't think any of us have tried this one yet. Called Mountain Dew Rise. It's, that's it's an it's Mountain Dew's new. Energy lineup, right? Which yeah. they have three now, I believe. They've got like four or five. Oh, energy lineups? Yeah. They have yeah. AMP. They have, and Kickstart. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. another one Game Fuel. Yeah. Uh huh. The Game Fuels are not my favorite. I actually kind of like them because they're like, they're like, a, there's a lot of juice in them. Like, that's why they taste so weird is because yeah. like, it has juice. And also, these have a lot of juice in it too. So yeah. you might not love these either. Well, we'll see. All right. Um, this is the Pomegranate Blue Burst. I did have one of these. It was the uh, Tropical Sunrise, I believe it was called, but I have not had this flavor yet. So it seems like a lot of their, uh, the Kickstart and this are geared toward like morning awakeness. Immune support and mental boost. I need that. Ooh. Ooh. That's very good. I actually really like that. I love that. Has kind of an interesting aftertaste, I but like it's it. not bad. I've had better. Doesn't mean it's not good. Out of ten, what do you guys give it? Eight. You don't like it, do you? Like five, six. Wow. Most. I was gonna say I seven to seven point five. That's I, good. I'm giving it an eight. I love this. There's like a. It's like a noticeable fakeness that I taste. Well, anything blue is going to have a noticeable <laughs> fakeness. <Yeah. laughs> we were just talking today about how there's that episode of The Office where um, Dwight says, hand me the blue one. And Michael goes, blue's not a flavor. <laughs> and Dwight picks it up and Michael says, what's the flavor? Blue Blast. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what, uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the fine state of Georgia. Georgia. I have to say Georgia every time I t- uh, write or type it. So, so true. I, so I can spell it right. Yeah. Georgia. That's, that's, that's how it's said in my mind. Georgia. And I just realized, like, today that we posted Hawaii before we even did Georgia. So we kind of went out of line in alphabeticalness, but I think they'll live. I believe alphabeticalness is the technical term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They yes. use it in the in the PhD field. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since I haven't gone into my PhD yet, I'm guessing that's why I've never heard it. Yep. We're an elite core. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who's starting us off? Uh, I'd be happy to start us off. Start this us is, off. This is one of the more prominent. I don't know if legend... It's not a legend because it's a real thing. Um, one of the more prominent, I guess, uh, cultural... 
myth? No, not even a myth, because it exists. It Um, does exist, okay. It's one of the more prominent cultural things that has a lot of mystery surrounding it, we'll say that. Uh, It's called the Georgia Guidestones. For those who have never heard of the Georgia Guidestones, um, it's often called the Stonehenge of the United States. It's nothing compared to the real Stonehenge over in England. As far as size. Yes, as far as size. And And mystery. Guidestones? The Georgia Guidestones, yes. So it's a granite. It's made out of granite. Granite monument um, that was built in 1979 in Elbert County, Georgia. So the way that the guidestones are set up is there are four like tall rectangular granite slabs that are all placed in basically like a square formation. So one at each corner of the square. They're all facing at 90 degree angles to each other. Okay. So the, I guess they make a plus sign is a better... Are these new or are these like uh, as old as Stonehenge kind of yeah. thing? No, yeah. it was built in 1979. Oh, did you um, already say that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I must have missed that part. And it's clearly like human-made. Yeah, like 100%. But we don't know who? No, we know who. So oh, okay. Kind of. Um, so there are these rectangular... Yeah, kind of. There are these rectangular stones uh, arranged kind of in a plus form. There's four of those. And then in the middle, there's one singular that's in the center of all of them. And then on top of all of them is the capstone that touches all of the four, I guess, pillars or stone rectangles around the outside. And then on these stones is a set of ten guidelines... Um, that are inscribed in eight different modern languages. And then um, there's a shorter message at the top of each stone that's inscribed in four different like ancient language scripts. So um, they're about 90 miles outside of Atlanta, so you can kind of, east of Atlanta, so you can kind of get a bearing of where they are within Georgia. Um, and... They are astronomically aligned, meaning that one of the stones is aligned with um, the North Star, and they're aligned in such a way that there's a hole on, I believe it's in the capstone, that every day at noon, the sun will shine through that hole, and it illuminates the day on a calendar that's engraven on, like, the ground. That's pretty sick. And they serve as a sundial as well. So they're, like, an astral calendar, a sundial, and they have these guide guidelines on them so pretty cool uh it's 19 feet three inches tall uh six granite slabs total they say it weighs about 238,000 pounds which is a lot um and the i guess the mystery surrounding this is sorry i just wanted to get a visual of what we're talking about okay all right yeah there you can see um just look up a picture of the georgia guidestones and you'll see exactly what or we're check out about. our social yeah the social mead has that has that been updated like with the well, stuff yeah we post every episode on there like we post every time we post an episode we put the like pictures and pictures of what we talked about yeah i social mead need to Visit the Sochmead. I just don't like Facebook. Yeah, I, I don't love social media. Well, I don't think we're on Facebook, really. We are, but we don't do anything on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. I do say. actually a lot on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah, I post everything on there. <laughs> yep. Never mind, then. Shows how much I know. <laughs> Go to your favorite Sochmead, and we might be there. Okay, um, so the... I oh, guess, my word. That's a good picture. That, that is a good one. We'll How many post. languages are on it? So there's eight modern languages. Let me find the list of the languages real quick. I've got it right here. Okay. Spanish, English, Russian, Chinese, Arabic, Hebrew, Sanskrit, Hindi, Swahili, Classic Greek, Babylonian, Cuneiform? Cuneiform. Oh, of course. And <laughs> Egyptian hieroglyphics. And Sanskrit. I said that. Oh, you did? Okay. I think so. Sorry. Yes, you did. Okay. So there's eight modern languages, four ancient languages. The four ancient languages are used on the capstone. So you can see on the capstone, this is the very good, top this one. This is what we need to post. Yeah. Um, we'll, this is a good picture. We'll this. So you can see on the capstone on each side of that, there's the four ancient languages. And then on each side of one of the four pillars is one of the modern languages. Um, so the, I guess the mystery that surrounds the Georgia Guidestones is first of all, who, uh, I guess commissioned the, the building of it and why? 42,000 pounds each? Yeah. Wow. 
Yes. Sorry. I think it's actually more than that. I think total it's like 270,000 pounds. So with the capstone, the center center stone, the center stone, oh my gosh, the center stone is 20,957. Yeah. 20,000 pounds? Yeah. That's 10 tons. What? Yep. It's solid granite. So getting to the man who, who we know of, like the pseudonym of the man, R.C. Christian is the name of this man. Uh, we don't really think that's his name. But he approached a group called the Elberton Granite Finishing Company on behalf of, quote, a small group of loyal Americans. So this man comes to this granite company and says, hey, there's this group of loyal Americans that wants to build this granite monument. Can you help us out? Uh-huh. And he went to this group because he... Uh, he was under the impression that the granite in the area was, like, the finest in the world. Okay. So that's why he went here. Um, so he, he went to this group, commissioned the structure, and then he asked. He explained that they wanted the stones to function as a compass, calendar, and clock. Like I said before, um, that they should be able to withstand, like, any catastrophic events. Um, and the group kind of thought this guy was a nut. Like, he's, like, from a cult or from some crazy you know, extremist group or something, and they actually uh, didn't want to provide him a quote. Uh, they they did give him quotes, but they discouraged him by giving him quotes that were, like, astronomically high to build this thing to try and just get him to go away. Um, and so mm-hmm. he basically said that he had the means to do it. Like, he would... Um, you know, be able to pay for it. He accepted the high quote, and he said that the group that had planned this monument to be built had been planning it for 20 years, and that they all wanted to remain anonymous. Okay. And so he brought, like, a scale model of the guide stones that they had drawn up and 10 pages of instructions or, like, specific things that they wanted this company to do. And this group that he was with had been planning it for 20 years previous to when it was erected. Yes. When was it erected again? 79. So mid-50s, mid to late 50s are when they started planning this. So are these instructions or are these tips? We'll we'll get there. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, sorry, I'm just going through the history. Uh, No, you're good, you're good. History Um, sucks, though. (laughs) (laughs) History's boring. So... Well, fine, Jack. No, no, I just mean like like, like growing up in history class. But I love this history. Your history is great. <laughs> Shut up. Excuse me. Okay, so they accept, he accepted the high quote. Yeah, accepted the high quote, brought the scale model of what he wanted, and then they bought a five-acre plot that um, they bought to basically um, build this on. And the guy that he bought it from was like a farmer. And the, the land from? Yeah. Okay. So the guy they bought the land from was a farmer, and he wanted to, like, keep grazing rights for his cattle and everything, so they gave him that. That seems like a pretty small price to pay. <laughs> so, built in 79, but it wasn't unveiled to the public until 1980, and there was a big group of anywhere from 100 to 400 people that w- was described as being there. Um, and... So the inscriptions on these is a set of 10 what they call guidelines or principles engraved on these guide stones in eight languages. Um, and so these there's a lot of mystery surrounding these guidelines. They say that these guidelines are supposed to be used in the scenario of like rebuilding after an apocalyptic event. So society's been decimated. There's a few people left on the earth or... Something like that has happened, and we need to rebuild. These are the guidelines that should be used to rebuild, like, a functioning society. And that's also why it's just, like, in case, you know, massive EMP went off or something, and no clocks or anything worked, we still have this to be able to use for time and calendar and... Or we could just look up and see when it's noon. Or just use a regular sun You're not supposed to look at the sun. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. That's how they get you. (laughs) That's why you're wearing glasses and I'm not. Yeah. So so these ten guidelines. um, There's some speculation with these. The first one, I'll just go through them all. The first one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. So the speculation with this one is that 
this group is some extremist group that wants to commit genocide because they're like, we need to only have 500,000 people. Okay. 500 million people on the earth. I, I get what they're saying, though. We have too many people on the planet. Right. 500 million is a little low. But if you were to stand every person, side, like stomach to back and shoulder to shoulder, the entire population would fit on the island of Maui. Wow. Is that true? True. From uh, National Geographic. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I think the limit should be like... I think you should have put like two billion. Yeah, so not, not five hundred million. Five hundred million is, I believe, about um, it's ninety percent of our. Yeah, know. it's about between eighty and ninety percent of the population. So yeah, like that's about eighty percent of the population. What is yeah. what is America's population? Three hundred million. Three hundred seventy million, I think, oh. about that. So this means that the U.S. gets to the U.S. Live, gets to live, maybe and then... Mexico and Canada, and <laughs> nobody else. <laughs> Right, so that's the first mystery is why do they want, you know, is this like a genocide thing? What's the what's the deal? Or is it just a group concerned about the preservation of the earth? Okay. I'm also curious how they came around to that number, but continue. Yeah. Um, the second is guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. So this is controlling reproduction, which... Does that mean, like, basically only let the strong reproduce? Yeah, which, I mean, Germany... Didn't Germany try that during World yeah, War Two? And it's it called was called eugenics. Yeah, eugenics, and like, it's people have also accused Trump of also uh, being in favor of eugenics. It, I, I could see that making sense in a strictly survival scenario, right? Like, you want a strong population. Well, but, but also, if you're in survival, don't you want as many people as you can get? I would say that's the bigger thing. So you can have more that, people to help, you know, yeah. farming. And, that's true. That's true. I don't know. That's <laughs> but then it would make sense if you get to that point of 500 million, then once you hit that cap, then, then essentially you, you start weeding out the... Yeah. I mean, crazies. you could do the whole Spartan thing. You guys ever? You didn't just uh -huh. know what Spartans did. Oh, was this from history class? No, <laughs> I learned this from the movie Three Hundred, actually. So, but it is real. They uh, every Spartan baby would be uh, inspected, and if it didn't live up to Spartan warrior standards at at like after birth, like literally mm. like a day old, then they would throw it off a cliff. Dang. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, China's already doing this too with the. Uh, one child per family rule. It's not necessarily eugenics, but they're no. controlling the population. Well, they need to over there. It's right. a little nuts. <laughs> okay, number three. Unite humanity with a living new language, which if you've gone through an apocalyptic event, you have tons of different people from around the world. Maybe that's a smart thing to do, but I also, think... like, protecting culture, I think, would also be a pretty... I don't think, yeah, I, I don't know, if they don't say stop using other languages, I think it's just yeah. like, hey, come up with a way that you all can communicate together. That's true. So, I think that makes complete sense, honestly. What is a living language? Um, but it also says a new language. A so. living new language. I think living means studied, written, it's gotta be written, um, otherwise it's gonna die, like, um, and you have to be, like be able to develop it continually I don't know study and improve your knowledge of it um, <clears throat> number four rule passion faith tradition and all things with tempered reason I don't know what that means just have, you have reason no reason all things <laughs> just approach everything with reason and I take that kind of as like common sense yeah um, number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Sounds great. That makes sense. Number six, <laughs> let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. I guess that's similar to how we have things today with... Um, United Nations? Yeah, United Nations, things like that. Um, we have world treaties that were brought out after the world wars and things like that. So, um, Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. I think that's great. Um Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number So my interpretation of that is everyone has a social duty. Um, everyone also has personal rights. And so where do you draw that line between uh, someone's right to do what they want versus someone's duty to help 
you know, grow society and be a contributing member. I don't know. Hmm. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, and seeking harmony with the infinite. And number ten... what is the infinite? Okay. Number ten, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. So basically just saying don't cut up, don't cut down all the trees and Yeah. And I mean that that has to do with um controlling the population as well and not abusing the resources the earth has. Um things like that. So those are the ten guidelines again written in eight languages. There was also a tablet that is called the explanatory tablet that was constructed to the west of the monument and it's um, it identifies the structure, the languages used, uh, some some facts about the size and dimensions of it, the astronomical alignment. Um, it also um, has some dates on there for a time capsule that was su- supposedly buried under the the this tablet, this explanation tablet. But uh, they had some some dates on there for the day that the time capsule was buried and the day that it would to be dug up, but those dates actually were never inscribed on the tablet. So no one knows if the time capsule was ever actually buried huh. and they just didn't put the dates or oh, they buried it yeah. and forgot to put the dates Place on Place six feet below, below this spot on blank to yeah. be opened on blank. Right, so no one knows if, it's, if the time capsule's actually there or if they just never put it there but still had those inscriptions on there talking about it. So that's another little mystery. Um, but yeah, that's got astronomical features, the mm-hmm. author, a pseudonym, it literally says a pseudonym next to RC Christian, right? No one knows if that's his real name. One of the main theories is that it's Ted Turner, who is the owner of, um, 20, is it news, news channel, 24 hour news channel. And I think he owns a bunch of different like network television. Oh yeah. You can't trust that guy. Again, uh, one of the. The theories of who R.C. Christian is is Ted Turner. He He's a billionaire, multi-billionaire, um, who owns some different TV stations and companies and news corporations and things like that. So, Founder of TBS and CNN. Yes. Huh. Somebody found out that the distance from the Georgia Guidestones to Denver International Airport is 666-0000 feet. Huh. The Denver airport is one we need to do, too. I think we already did. Did we? Oh, did we talk about that on the Colorado episode? I think so. I don't know how we would have missed that. Yeah, we probably did. It's been long enough, I can't remember now. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen and find out. That is such a stupid thing to... Like, <laughs> why does it matter if it's from the Denver airport? Like, Have you not heard, you not heard about, about the Denver airport? No! you never heard oh, about the Denver dude, airport? that's a rabbit hole to go down. The what are they called? The wait, why didn't why didn't this come up in Colorado? Were you around when we were in Colorado? No, there's no, no way. The crap. What was the name of their thing? Dude, the Stonemasons thing. There's like all these weird, weird paintings in the Denver airport. Like, like look at these weird paintings that are in there. Um, there's that one. There's like weird statues. Um. There's just, like, tons of weird stuff. People think... I, I don't know the details off the top of my head, but people think it's, a, like, a dark place. Like, there's some conspiracy. They think it's, like, underground. Like, yeah, there's this weird Nazi one. They think it's, like, a like a cover for the stonemasons thing or something. I'll have to look this one up. Yeah, we, yeah. Need to, we need to go into the Denver airport. I don't know all the things off the top of my head. I just know there's a lot of weird stuff with the Denver. Yeah, airport. it's got this out front of it. Yeah. But then again, the people in Denver are kind of weird. It's true. Um, anyway, anything, <laughs> anything else regarding the old? Um, I mean, stones? the only other thing is a lot of people think that the group that commissioned it was like a satanic group, and they're using this as uh, their like like a ritualistic site. Um, and that they're trying to bring about like some new world order. Well, what do you got? What do you got for us there, Ryan? Did... Was that everything you had? Also? That was everything that was on the thing. guidestones. They're weird. Very cool. weird. Yeah. Hey, I for one appreciate it. I, if if the world comes to an end, I I'm I'm, I'm happy to, to have a uh, a sundial. 
<laughs> and a calendar. And a calendar. Yeah. 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 I have an intriguing one. Intriguing. Intriguing. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Wait, one question. I can see the clock's not working. But paper's still going to be a thing, right? In an apocalyptic scenario. Well, you I can mean, still look at calendars. Until the next year comes around and no companies are able to make new ones because there are <laughs> no people to make calendars. I'm pretty sure if an apocalypse happens, calendars are kind of low on the priority list. And then Fine. we forget Monday, Tuesday, what day? Happy days. We forget it all. Yeah. So, it's a good thing we have that. I uh, had somebody come up to my desk at work a couple weeks ago, and I completely forgot I had a desk calendar there, and they asked me why I hadn't changed my desk calendar yet, and I still had it set to September of 2020. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't think that Guidestone calendar will do me any good. Your calendar's wrong. What? I have a calendar. Yeah, that was, I was like, what? Wait, what calendar? Oh, yeah, the one that's hanging right above my computer for the last year and a half. That's, that's good. All right, so off of the Atlantic coast of Georgia is a very large river very large named river. the Altamaha River. That is... Properly pronounced there. Yep. It's large. Quite large. Let's take a look at this here river. I don't see no river. Oh, there's the river. Oh, dang. That's a long river. Yes. And with it being... uh, Coming right off and emptying into the Atlantic... It keeps going all the way to the Atlantic. Right there at the Atlantic... At the mouth, that is the technical term. Learn that in geography. I thought that was a delta. The me- w- you can have a delta with a the, the, they're the same thing. Okay. The, <laughs> right here is this the area you're talking about? Yeah. So yeah, it's super large, big area, quite deep. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It means of course swimming. You have yourself a monster. Oh, got mm. it. The Bear Lake Monster? No. The Altamaha Monster. Does every lake have a monster now? It pretty much does. Oh, okay. Everyone's got to claim something. <laughs> it's it's all part of... I don't know. I think everyone wants to feel special in some way. And they feel like, oh, look, we're special too by having the same thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So... There was a sighting of something, there it is. Ooh, that thing is gross. That is supposed to be a small Altamaha monster. Wait, there's more than one? The Altamaha? Well, that's if you want to get into the, into the uh, indigenous language. What genus is this monster? From. He's got a lot of genius. Mm. He's very smart. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that Guts, the pink stuff? Yeah. So, the picture that you're looking at, and if anyone looks up the Altamaha monster, is... And this is actually a video that is on YouTube. Which, that, where, where's the head? The head's on the left. That's not That's like head. its whole neck. Yeah, that's his mouth. Oh, that's like a turtle head. Yeah. So... In this video, someone comes up onto a shore, and it's a very brief video, and sees this monster, and they're freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, what the heck is this thing? Oh my gosh. And for some reason, some videos have the guts that are coming out. They have that blurred out, Mm -hmm. because I guess we can't handle guts, even though you go to the store and you see it there. But... The Altamaha monster is affectionately called in the area Alti. Alti. I like that. I mean, he sounds like a nice monster. Um, but 
there have supposedly been sightings back to 1735. It's a long time ago. That's a long time. It's at least like 30 years. Um, but here's the funny thing. During that time, that area was settled by Scottish people. So to me, it seems like they're just trying to connect back to their heritage. Oh, back to old Nessie? Back to Nessie. Oh. But, I mean, the video itself, like, this is, like, you wonder what it is, and supposedly people say it's just a a hoax. I mean, I don't know how you hoax that. Whoever did it, if it is a hoax, I mean, it, it did a good job. But, um, in general, looking at all of this as as supposedly unique as LT is... I don't think it's really all that unique. But supposedly there continue to be sightings today as early as 2010 by some Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts? Yep. Boy Scouts never lie. No, it's part of the Scout law. The Scout is trustworthy. That's right. It's That's the first, the first part. No, I thought it was loyal was first. Trustworthy, loyal. Then oh, loyal. Backwards. Helpful, friendly, courteous. Kind. Obedient. Cheerful. Thrifty. Brave. Fit. Clean. clean and fit. Clean fit and revenant. They added fit. They added fit. <laughs> while, I was, while I was the young ones, yeah, they added, like, the last year I was there. And we always added hungry at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was... Here's here's my thing. With river monsters or lake monsters, there's like hardly any sightings of them. Mm -hmm. Would you want to go out in public if everyone called you a monster? (laughs) Probably not. I would probably hide inside a lot. Maybe. This is why I do hide inside a lot. (laughs) Because people call you a monster. They they see my face and... Oh, look at that monster. Children scream. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like maybe these creatures are nice and they hear everyone calling them monsters. That's why they gave it a nice name, Alti. Yeah. See, they're trying to coax him out. It's like Nessie. Yeah. See? I think that's why these uh, so-called monsters are so elusive. Have you seen that... uh, there's a comic of this forest ranger, and he's out in the forest. Oh, the and he's the like, hey, it's Bigfoot, or he goes, oh my gosh, it's Bigfoot, and Bigfoot turns around and goes, oh my gosh, it's Tiny Wiener, <laughs> and so then the next picture is the, like the guy crying in his office, and his friend's like, hey, Gary, you seen anything fun today? And he's like, no, shut up. <laughs> Perfect cover. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's this one. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That's good. That's really funny. Maybe we should post that on. <laughs> well, I don't know if we can post that. That's probably copyrighted. Memes are fair use. They have to be. It's the internet. <laughs> they should be. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a law specifically for memes. Of, like, they're free game, free for everyone. Anything else regarding uh, Lake Nose, whatever his name was? <laughs> <laughs> One, he's not in a lake, he's in a river. <laughs> it's the same thing. The last thing I was going to say is... If you've ever watched River Monsters, I don't remember what channel it's no, on. Discovery, I think, or probably something like that. Same channel as Swamp People, I bet. <laughs> River Monsters. <laughs> um, the guy goes out there and he's like always looking for this giant, this giant catch, and it's very, very seldom that it's anything material materializes. Yeah. So, in general, I'm sorry, Alti, but I don't believe in you. Oh, no. Now he's never going to show himself. <laughs> yeah. See, so you, first you call him a monster, then you tell him you don't believe in him, and that his hopes and dreams are just crushed now. All he needs is for one person to believe in him, right? And to clap your hands and say, I believe, I believe, and he'll come back <laughs> like a fairy. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all wanna y'all wanna hear something uh, a little bit crazy about Georgia? I do. I am talking about the uh, I don't know if it's a curse or a haunting. 
or something like that. I think they call it the curse of... Gosh dang it. I took all these notes on it, but not the name of it. <laughs> Let's see. The curse of Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> the curse of Lake Lanier. So Lake Lanier is a man-made lake in uh, Georgia. <laughs> and... It's a, got an interesting history. It's very interesting. So what happened was back in the 50s, I believe. Yeah, the 50s. Um, the United States Army of Engineers. I don't know what that really is, but apparently that's a thing. It's an army of arrogant people. That's what it is. And they, <laughs> they needed a, a way to help with transportation and control floods and apparently that option was to build a reservoir i don't really know how that helps let's let's control the floods by adding more water to yeah, the well i think they i don't know what happened honestly but um and then they use it to like give water to i think it was atlanta like it's like their water reservoir anyway so it's a big old lake but it's man-made but before it was a lake it was actually like a valley-ish area of 59 miles. Hmm. and That's a big A lake. No, it's huge. It's very large. Um, and Square miles? So that's kind of like Bear Lake. It says 59 water miles. I don't know what water miles are. <laughs> We're adding a whole new measurement to... I don't know if it's like square miles, so you count down as well, but... The Americans will measure anything with anything but the metric system, won't we? Um... <laughs> But before it was that lake, it was that little area, and there were actually homes there, like, and businesses and stuff. It was like a city called Oscar Town, Oscarville, mm. um, and people lived there, and they basically said, hey, we're buying your land to make a reservoir, get out. <laughs> the water's coming. Yeah, and so they were basically forced out of their homes, given a small amount for their their land and their troubles and whatever forced to relocate. Um, and, but when, before they started filling it, they found 20 cemeteries in that area. In 59 miles? Apparently, yes. There were That's 20 different cemeteries. cemeteries. So, they were like, well, we gotta be respectful, dig up the bodies, and we'll put them in another graveyard along with their headstones. Well, they got like 60% of them. Maybe. Of the bodies? Yeah, like they couldn't yeah. find the rest of them or what? I'd say 20% of them, they just didn't care. Uh. Or, and then the rest, yeah. They they said there were a ton of ones that didn't even have headstones. So they didn't even know there was body down there. Or they couldn't find them. Or, I don't know, digging in the wrong spot. Anyway, there were still many, many bodies mm. still there. And then they just filled it up. So if you actually go to the bottom of Lake Lanier, Lanier, thank you. Jeez. <laughs> um, you, it's basically like a ghost town on the floor of this lake. Like there's roads, there's houses. Weird. They didn't like de demolition or anything. How long ago was this? The fifties. Um, and those gravestones are still there. No and way. That's, people think that creepy. is why this has a curse. Is because they didn't respect the dead and just you know kind of did that so what kind of curses let's that's where we're getting to since the 50s when it was formed there have been over 675 deaths at that lake there have been over a hundred suicides over a hundred boat accidents um over a hundred forced rescues where they have to, like, send out, like, I don't know, whatever the equivalent of a lifeguard is over there. Yeah. Um, over in Georgia. And they say there is at least 30 deaths that they never found the bodies. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty bad. So people just die and get hurt all the time there. And people are saying it's cursed. I was looking it up, and there were tons of, like, people on Facebook and Twitter from there that were just saying... Don't go, like, I don't go near that lake. 
Like I like they live right next to it, and they're like, I don't go there. I've never been in it, and I never will. That's crazy. Most of the people that go there are like out of town people or stuff like that. The people there don't like they know about it, and they're not going to do anything about it. Where so where exactly in Georgia is this again? It's about it's a little bit uh, northeast of Atlanta. I should see if my wife's sister, she served her mission there, if she was ever around it. Um, and see if she knows anything about it. Yes, it's a little bit northeast, yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> I see this picture here. So you mentioned that the, the maybe had the thought to be respectful and move, exhume the bodies right. and move them to somewhere else. But then this headstone just says, In memoriam of 24 graves moved in 1957 from Thompson Cemetery within Buford Dam and Reservoir Project. Hmm. So that's all that they get. They get just one shared headstone? Shared headstone hmm. doesn't even mention people. Wow. Well, yeah, see, there's the, probably another part of the curse. That was not good enough. Anyway, there's a guy. His name was uh, Buck Buchanan, and he's a seasoned veteran diver, and he dives all over the place. Anyway, he said, quote, about Lake Lanier, you reach out into the dark and you feel an arm or a leg and it doesn't move. Doesn't move? That's just, that's what he said. That's all he said. And then he stopped talking, basically. Like, he, I think so like, people think it, he was talking about, like, I, he was in, like, one of the graveyards underground. Right. And found a body. Or two, or something. So literally saying, like, he is diving, thinks that he sees something, so reaches out to, like, so that he can tell his mind, like, it's fake, it's not really there, but then he touches it, and he's like, oh, that's a body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, one of many of their deaths, they, uh, many of the deaths were recorded were near the shore in calm conditions, which doesn't make much sense. Uh, next, it says, many of the reported deaths were experienced swimmers that just drowned for no reason. Hmm. Like, swimming, swimming, drowned. Dang. Um, drowning survivors, so people that were drowning, they got pulled out or something like that. More Multiple drowning survivors claimed to feel, quote, phantom hands pulling them down. Ugh. Um, and some have claimed, whilst swimming under the water, the air in their lungs just disappear. So, like, there's air in your lungs, you're holding your breath, and all of a sudden, boom, no air. Now... There have been alligator sightings in Lake, Lin- Lake Linear. Maybe it was alligators. It's all alligators. That's it. Case closed. That's all creepy. Wouldn't you feel an alligator bite you rather than it feel like a hand? A though? phantom hand. Think. But, okay, so this is coming from AJC.com oh. slash news. You know how AJC is. Um, this is saying <clears throat> that... Oh, oh you're really, uh, you're really making us hold out for this, aren't you? I'm working. Okay, between 1980 and May 2007, there have only been there have only been nine reported cases of alligator attacks on humans in Georgia. Hmm. All of Georgia. So there's no alligators then. No. Okay. Well, there might be alligators that are just not attacking people, right. but. Or at a minimum, it accounts for nine of the hundreds. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I think of those hundreds, if they were gators, somebody would have, oh, like, yeah. there'd be a report of oh, yeah. a gator. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's got a leg bit off kind of thing, like an alligator kind yeah. of. Or, hey, I saw a big A gator. <laughs> like, um, And then, many reports of boats sitting still in calm water, like, you know, how they, like, turn off their engines, then start fishing off the side or something like that. Sitting in calm water, then begin sinking for no apparent reason. And capsize. That's weird. Several boat captains have claimed to hit something with their boat, such as a rock or large log. Then when inspecting the water in that area, there's nothing found. Hmm. Um, And then... Massive waves appear out of nowhere during calm weather, capsizing boats. It's a lake. You don't you don't get massive waves. Right. Yeah, unless there's rain or wind or something. But 
in calm weather. So those are all accidents and stuff like that. And there, I mean, obviously, I could tell you about 800 different specifics, but I'm not going to because that would take forever. So, But it's not just accidents. There are suicides and homicides happening there, too. And one interesting case was a guy named Kelly Nash in 2015. He woke up early in the morning, complained to his girlfriend that he was feeling Ill, Ill and that he was going to back to bed. And so she went back to bed as well because it was like 6 a.m. Then when the girlfriend woke up later at 7.30 a.m., he was gone. But his car keys, wallet, and ID were all still at home. Mm. One month later, they found his body floating in the, in the lake with a bullet in his head. Damn. Nobody knows why, what, or how. Nothing. That's it. He was still wearing the same pajamas that he was when that morning. So it was within. Did they say how decayed his body was? Like how long they think he'd been in there? Or mm-hmm. I, I don't. I didn't look into that case super far. I'm sure it did. But um, next, this is this is like the the story about this lake. Uh, it's called the Lady of Lake Lanier. Um, in 1958, so like right after this thing was made, I think it was two years after, um, Delia Parker, Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts, uh, sped out of a gas station without paying. I don't know, they were living on the edge, the edge, they just got done with a dance. I don't know how old they were, I didn't look. How'd they get gas if they didn't pay? They filled it up and back left. in the day, you would fill up first, and then you'd walk into the gas station. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, really, though? Yes. Are you really that young? Like, I would do this with my parents, and, like, my parents would just give me 20 bucks, and then I would fill up the gas, and then look at the price of it, and then I'd go inside and say, hey, for pump, Number two, it's sixteen something, and they go, "Yep, sixteen something, cool." And then I give them the money, huh. and then go. Huh. That seems like a terrible business practice if you want to lose a lot of money. That's why they lost a lot of money. Yeah, so that's they why you pay now before <laughs> they sped out, of, um, and were never seen again. So, uh, and then eighteen months later, a local fisherman spot a decomposing body of a woman in the lake. The body floated on the lake surface, missing two toes from its left foot, while its arms buoyed vainly without hands. Hmm. So she's missing two toes and both of her hands. Wow. Um, and back then, they didn't have the technology, so they couldn't identify this person. They didn't know who it was. But she was wearing a blue dress. Um, but... Apparently, Dawsonville people, apparently that's near nearby place, were already convinced of its identity. The mysterious body had to be Delia Parker Young. They knew it was Delia, they said, because dozens of drivers on State Route 53 had seen her after she'd vanished, appearing as a ghostly, handless apparition sauntering down the highway in a blue dress. Mm. The That's ghost creepy. appeared to be lost, almost as if it, she was searching, but no one knows what for. Hmm. Decades later, um, it basically became like a urban legend. That's where all the high school kids would go. Like to the scary spot was to the bridge. There was a bridge where you would supposedly see her. It's and, always a bridge. And right? many people claim to see her walking on the bridge in her blue dress without hands. Delia Parker is her name. Mm-hmm. My high school Delia Parker Young was to go to the old Bingham High School that was abandoned and in shambles, and then you go out onto the old football field, and you go out to the 50-yard line, you go to the center of the football field, and then you look down at this tree, and then you're supposed to be able to see this kid that hung himself back in the day. Dude, that's like... Do you remember the road from Colorado that we did that was like that? Oh, where yeah. you could see the people hanging in the trees. Yeah. And there was the dead biker. That was always a running joke. Yeah. The dead biker keep getting hit by the cars or whatever. Yeah. He just wanted to get home but kept getting hit by it. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> so in 1990, which was you know like 40 years later, uh, 30 years later, um, they basically gave her a unmarked tomb because they didn't know who it was, just you know out of some sort of, sort of respect. But in the 90s, the bridge needed construction. So while they were under the water doing construction or whatever, they found a car. And they pulled up the car, and it had a body in it. Blue dress. And it was, uh, let's see, they found, blah, blah, blah. Missing toes. The dental records soon verified Robert's identity, Susie Roberts, the girl she, that the other girl mm. was with. Um, and she was still in the car under the water. So that basically confirmed that the other girl was the person with her because it was in the same general area. But apparently, uh, I guess they drove off the bridge mm. is what the theory is. Anyway, but yeah, the Lady of Lake Lanier is now a thing where she, you, some claim if you go at night, you can see her wandering without hands in a blue dress. How'd she lose her hands? No one knows. They don't know. She just she was in the car accident? Mm, supposedly. She wasn't in the car. So maybe she got out before. I don't know. But. That's freaky. <clears throat> supposedly. Yeah, that's that's the car that's that they the car. pulled up. Yeah, I saw that. Dang. Um, and then one last story to finish this off. Uh, this is pretty recent. I don't know how recent, but within the last five, ten years. Um. Two men went fishing on the lake at, at night, doing some night fishing. And off in the distance, they saw a raft being pushed by a, quote, shadowy, shadowy figure with a pole. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and... Oh. It's so funny about that. It's a freaking reaper from sticks. Oh, yeah, no, that's exactly what they claimed it to be. From sticks? Yeah, R- the, the river sticks. sticks. What is the river sticks? He'll show you. Um, and even the raft even had a lantern on the front of Jeez. it, swinging back and forth. What? The so the oh, river is that like the river? The river sticks the goes down. To, yeah, it goes yeah. down to yeah. Hades, okay. and it carries the bodies and not the bodies, but the souls of the damned. Yeah. Um, and it, they even said there was a lantern on the front of it, swinging very slowly, Jeez. dimly illuminating the night. Um, and when it seemed like they had, the shadowy figure had noticed them, he turned to them, yelled something at them, but they did not hear what he yelled. As soon as he was done yelling, the man then, well, the figure then jumped into the water and, quote, started swimming vigorously towards them. And then as soon as he started swimming, the lantern went out. And it was completely black again. So they pulled out their flashlight and pointed in that direction. No raft, no lantern, no person in the water. Uh, that's weird. So, a little bit freaky there. Uh, and that's just just a few of the stories from the old uh, Lake of... Lake Lake Lanera, 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 Lanier. I cannot remember that for some reason, but yeah, pretty crazy. That last one's creepy. Yeah. Ugh. And if it was just one person, you could just say, "Yeah, he's being weird." But there were two right. of them. Right. So that's a you know one of those classic cases of, well, more than one person saw it supposedly, yeah. or did they both make it up? I don't know, but still. Very, very freaky. Yeah, that one weirds me out. I don't want to go there. I'm glad we don't have anything that bad. Yeah, seriously. You know, we only have a a concentration camp in Utah. Why? For the Japanese. Oh, you guys don't know about yeah. this? Oh. During World War II. Okay. Yeah. Topaz. Yeah. You know where we need to go is Dugway. Oh! Go UFO sighting out there. That'd Dugway. be fun. It's like West Desert. Is that not? I don't know. West of Tooele. That's West. Tooele is west. Yeah. Yep. More west <laughs> and south. 
That's called Nevada. <laughs> it is home <laughs> to what they call Area 52. Hmm. It is like twice or three times as big as Area 51. Wow. Utah is something else. Don't we also have that uh, guy who supposedly hid treasure down in the southern part of Utah? That was found already. Oh, it was found? But there Mm -hmm. is some other guys that... That was found already, too. The other $10,000? Yeah. So there's two brothers now that last year hid a chest with $5,000 and left a clue, like a riddle. And that was found within, like, four days. So then this year they put ten grand in there and hid it somewhere along the Rockies. I think it's I think it was in Utah, like it's gotta be within Utah. Uh-huh. And they left some clues and they released more clues and stuff and then somebody found it like a month ago. Um but my cousins texted me about it and they're like, Hey, we need to find that like let's let's legitimately like look for this thing 'cause that's this funny. big thing. So they're gonna start doing that every single year now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's all I got. And that's the that's the great state of Georgia. If you know of anything from Georgia, let us know what we missed. Well, there was a lot more that we missed yeah, when I was looking. There was a Georgia. lot. Yeah. But the South has some creepy stuff. It really does. I think it goes to them having more history. Yeah. That's fair. So I would think in the West if you go back history stuff you're either gonna go ghost towns or probably native like american native lore, americans which is like the oh, skinwalkers skinwalkers yeah. oh, we need to go to skinwalker ranch no thank you <laughs> yeah no yeah. remember when we went to the graveyard i almost crapped myself <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun episode <laughs> yeah well yeah let us know uh the next one we do we already did hawaii so it'll be Illinois? Illinois. Yeah. Idaho? Or we did Idaho. Do we want to re-record Idaho? Because we did that like eight no. months ago. No, I think, I mean, the, the things are still the same. Okay. We're going to release Idaho, and the next one will be Illinois. So. Illinois. Illinois. So, let us know what you want to hear from the great state of Illinois. And, if there's anything else besides a state that you want to hear about, oh, yeah. let us know about that as well. And thank you for listening. Yeah, we got a we got a lot of great listeners. Um, I went and checked on iTunes the other day, and we had a, we had a few reviews on there. Oh, really? All of which were five stars. No what? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, we've never even asked for five star reviews. Yeah, all those podcasts. Every single time, they're just like, "Leave us a five star review." And I just feel like you're kind of begging at that point. Like, if they like it, they'll rate it. Wow, I didn't know we had reviews. That's and two great. of them actually, like, yeah, wrote something down, like, saying, love these guys, blah, 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 I don't know. I can't remember what they said, but I read through them, and I was very appreciative of that. That's I, awesome. I'm working on putting a website together for us, and oh, I nice. put, I put like, I put their um, reviews, like, on the website. Nice. So... I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, um, you can. Uh, we'll we'll put our website this in the description and stuff like that, um, and our social meds and the do fund. The do fund. Don't forget about the do fund. Yeah, donate to the do fund so that we can have more do. And uh, this is actually Mountain Dew. Actually, it is. Yeah, for like probably the first, first time, time ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, well, we're, I, we're still calling it the fun. We'll have to try the, yeah, the other rest flavors of flavors because yeah. I liked that. I found a new energy drink. I have no idea what it's called because it was not English, but it was super good, and they have a lot of flavors. Huh. So mm. let's try it out. Nice. Um, but yes, thank you so much for watching. Share with your friends, and I guess leave a review. Yeah. Not doesn't have to be five stars. Leave what you think the, the show is. Yeah. Whatever. Give us the feedback. Yeah. The feedback. And I think we're going to try and shoot at least for every other week. Every other week. Forward. Yep. Now that uh, Jack is graduating from college. Graduated. Graduated. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and I'm back at college teaching, so that'll be busy. <laughs> but <laughs> no, we, we should have a lot more time now. Yes. But so. yeah. But thank you again for listening. I almost said watching. But uh, yeah. Share with your friends. Send us ideas. Oh, and we need more um, user 
user stories. Yes. Or whatever, like what we do at the beginning of the show. We didn't do one this time because I completely forgot. Yeah, we didn't. User submitted stories. We need to go check our email. There's no way there's anything in there. Anyway, we're going to end this before we ramble on too long. So thank you again and have a great day. Love you all. Goodbye.